Revelation chapter 7, in our previous studies, we read uh, six of the seals that were being opened as the scroll was about to be opened. And these seals were being broken. And as the seals were being broken, it was a preparation for what is going to take place into the future. Uh, now, I know that there are many different interpretations of what Revelation says. Here's what we believe, so that you know my point of view, where I'm coming from. I believe the Word of God is literal when it's supposed to be literal. When it's an allegory, it will tell us that it's an allegory or a parable or whatever. If it's um, prayers, it will tell us that that's what we're reading. There are poetry and poems in the Bible. The whole Song of Solomon is a poem. And so as we read the word, the first way we're supposed to interpret the word is literally. And then if it doesn't fit a literal interpretation because it's a parable or a story of some sort, then we take it that way. Uh, but we're usually we're clued into those things, especially in Revelation when John says, I saw something like. Well, that doesn't mean he saw that exact thing. He saw something that he couldn't explain. Can you imagine John living 2,000 years ago getting dropped into Ukraine right now and seeing a war going on with rockets and missiles and tanks and planes flying over? he wouldn't be able to describe what he was seeing. And he saw something like. And so then we try to always affix, well, he saw something like that. That must be this. That must be that. I just want to tell you, I don't ascribe a certain interpretation to an exact thing. He saw grasshoppers that were flying or scorpions that were able to sting people and, and pe oh, that's a helicopter that's shooting out gas of some sort, you know, maybe. Uh, maybe that's not it at all, you know, but I I'm just reading what he said in those instances. So here as we read chapter seven, it's a pause from what has already been told to us about the other six seals. And these seals are opening. So the seals are preparing for the wrath of God to pour out on the earth. The church has left the earth in chapter 4, verse 1, where it says, John, come up here. He is representative of the church at that point. And the church is taken off of the earth. I'll get more into that later as we look further into this study. But I want to point out that if, as some people believe, the book of Revelation took place years ago, centuries ago, when? 
When did we have the things in the book of Revelation actually happening here on the earth? When did one quarter of the population of the earth die? And then the seas turned to blood. And all of, when did that happen? It, it hasn't happened, but it will happen. And those things are very specific. Those details are specific about the events that will take place. And here as we open chapter 7, there's a pause in between the sixth seal and the seventh seal. And this pause is a preparation. Now, the book of Revelation is not sequential in order. A lot of what we read um, speaks about the beginning of the tribulation period, the end of the tribulation period, and then the events that take place in between. And so when we look at the sixth, uh, the, the first through to the sixth seal, it was the preparation of what's going to take place during the tribulation period. It was going to span the whole uh, tribulation period. And then now this pause uh, comes up. Today's message is titled, The Great Revival. And we read in verse 1, after these things, after what things? After the rest of what he explained in chapter 6, the seals being broken, okay, after those things happened, then he saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. I just want to say, if that took place... Um, that would be devastating to the earth. Climate change would change right then at that moment. Wind is necessary for our climate conditions uh, all over the earth. Wind is very important. And so if the wind stopped blowing, we would have devastating effects all over the earth. But here we're told that the winds are stopped. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, do not harm the earth and the sea or the trees till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And there's a pause. So these angels that were ready to pour something out. So we're looking at the beginning of tribulation. Before things are poured out. Remember the four horsemen of the apocalypse had been released. But these aren't actually four different people. It's one. It's the Antichrist. He has four different methods of causing pain and suffering on the earth and some of it will take place at the beginning some of it will take place at the end and so that's a whole nother study it's important for us to understand that the antichrist is the deceiver the one that deceives people on the earth into believing lies the first lie he's going to um, tell people is that the rapture didn't really happen. 
it was UFOs that took, you know, the church off the earth. Or uh, it was God, he was punishing those people because they came up with that rapture lie. So he took them off the face of the earth to get rid of them. And people will believe him. 20 years ago, I would not have thought people would have believed a lie like that. It's like, are you kidding me? You know, how would they believe that? And then I watched the news. How are people believing the stuff that's coming across the television today? How are people being deluded by the lies that are being told? What's the best thing for our kids at seven years old to decide what sex they are themselves? Of course, they're not saying that they're teaching them that they can be other sex, they can change their gender. They're not talking about that. I, I never had that when I went to school. Okay, I, I only went two days a week because I ditched the rest of the time, but I don't remember them telling me that. It's okay, I got a college degree online, $50. Um, <laughs> joking. So here there's this pause, the pause before the, the tragedy is poured out. Why is there a pause? There's a pause because these 144,000 are going to be sealed. You've heard about the 144,000 before, right? The 12,000 from the 12 tribes of Israel. They're going to be sealed so they can be protected that nothing can happen to them and they will go out and they will spread the good news on the earth. The 144,000 are not the Jehovah Witnesses. I just want to let you know that. Because that's what they sold people on when they first started the Watchtower Society is that they were the 144,000 of the Bible. Here's the problem. They're not Jews. Most of the 144,000 are Gentiles. Well, the 144,000 from my Bible and theirs says that they're Jews. And they're from the 12 tribes. Well, how are we going to know what tribes people are from? In the same way that God is going to be able to reassemble bodies that have been dead for hundreds of years in the rapture. He can reassemble them and then change them so that they can live for eternity in, in heaven. See, we can't take these bodies in their state that they are right now to heaven. Thank goodness. Don't want to take this one. You know, I want 2.0, right? But um, we're, we're going to have new and improved bodies. We're going to have changed bodies. So here's what happens. I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel, they were sealed. And of the tribe of Judah, were 12,000 were sealed. So there was Judah, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Naphtali, Manasseh, Simeon, Levi, Ishakar, Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. You want a name for your next grandson? Zebulun. That's a cool one. 
biblical name. Um, so there you have the 144,000 that are now going to be sealed. They're going to be protected. Some say the Jews are no longer the chosen of God. I want to put that to rest right now. We, as the church, have not replaced Israel. That's called replacement theology. And it's not valid. If someone teaches you replacement theology, then you can go and bring them to Romans chapter 11. And Paul tells us in Romans chapter 11, in verse 1, I say then, has God cast away his people? Certainly not. For I am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. He already made a vow to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob of what was going to take place in the future and the fact that they will always have a group of people, a posterity. They will have a group of Jews that will continue until the very end. In a few weeks, we'll talk about the 70th, um, the 70-week the, the prophecy of Daniel. We'll talk about how that was paused at the time of Jesus, 69 weeks of prophecy have been fulfilled. One week is left. That is one week of years that will take place during the tribulation period. This was a prophecy for the Jews. And during that time, it was a Jewish prophecy that was being fulfilled. And then Jesus came and the church age began. And the church age is going to end. That church age will end at the time of the rapture. And then God will set his focus back on the Jews. And there's going to be 144,000 of them. 144,000 Jewish Billy Grahams that are going to be going out and evangelizing the world. And spreading the good news and Many people are going to be saved through their ministry. In Romans chapter 11, verse 17, we read, And if some of the branches were broken off, and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root of the fatness of the olive tree, do not boast against the branches. He's saying, look, Israel, the branches were cut off because they were dead. They weren't doing what they were supposed to do. And we cut them off. And now you as Gentiles are being grafted into Israel. We're not Jews, but we're grafted into the root that brings life. And that's Jesus. And Paul went on to say, look, if they could be cut off and you could be grafted in. Don't get so proud that you get cut off and they can be grafted back in. 
And a time will come when that will happen. In verse 25, we read, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness, in part, has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. That's the church age. That's the rapture of the church. And so all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. The Jews are enemies because we believe in the gospel, because we believe in Jesus Christ as the Messiah. They don't believe that. And so... They are enemies, uh, but concerning the election, okay, they are the elect still. Concerning the election, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For as you were once disobedient to God, yet have now obtained mercy through their disobedience, even so these also have now been disobedient, that through the mercy shown you, they also may obtain mercy. For God has committed them all to disobedience that he might have mercy on all. He is going to have mercy on the Jews and he's going to restore them. And that's how come there are these 144,000 that are going out there to preach the gospel during that time. Do you know why there's 144,000? Because there's no church. There's no church here to spread the good news. If we were here, he wouldn't need the 144,000. This is just another evidence for a pre-tribulation rapture of the church. Many people are confused about what a rapture is, when it's going to happen, so on and so forth. But we see many evidences when they say there's no evidence in the Bible. This is another evidence. Why would we need 144,000 evangelists when we have millions of evangelists right now on the face of the earth? called Christians. We are God's hands and feet to go bring the gospel, the good news to the world. So I want to talk about being sealed. Christians are saved by the grace. We bear his seal. John 6.27 says Jesus was sealed. Jesus said, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because the Father has set his seal on him. So Jesus has a seal. And then we're sealed by the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 4.30, we're told, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed until the day of redemption. We're sealed. 
Stop looking at each other's forehead to see where the seal is. You can't see it, but it's there. You're actually sealed in your heart through the Holy Spirit. He's our guarantee. We segue now from the sealing of the 144,000, and now we're going to go take a look back in the throne room of God in verse 9 where we read, after these things, okay, so once again, after means these things are taking place and this is happening after. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches, in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And so here's this group of people that no one could number. They were from every nation, every tribe, everywhere. This could be Jew or Gentile, whoever it is, they're standing before the throne. This is not the group of people that we saw in chapter 5, those, that was the church that was before the throne. John is saying this is a different group of people now, standing before the throne in these robes. They're waving palm branches. That's an indication of victory, waving the palm branches. Do you remember Palm Sunday when Jesus went through the Kidron Valley and they were throwing the branches down. They were waving palm branches. They were praising him. They believed he was coming in to conquer the enemy at that time, the enemy being Rome, the enemy being the Jewish church that was against their own people. Uh, But here it's, and where did they get the palm branches from? Don't know. Sorry, it doesn't tell me. But They're there worshiping. And they're all wearing white robes. See, they come from every nation, tribe, and tongue, but they're all wearing the same thing, the righteousness of God, the white robes. Uh, They are covered in his righteousness, not in their own righteousness. It doesn't matter where they come from. It doesn't matter what they look like. But here's the thing. John could tell they were from different places. That tells us that there will still be individuality in heaven. We're still going to hold some sense of individuality. And so I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know how that's going to work. But John is explaining it to us here. The thing is, is that they were all speaking the same language. They were saying the same thing. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and the Lamb. Can you imagine this massive group of people from all nations, tribes, and tongues speaking the same language and praising the God in this manner. It's, 
This is what heaven is going to be like. Uh, Some people think, oh, it's sitting around on clouds with harps, you know. Well, we read in the last chapter that that's true. Um, There will be harps. They'll be more like guitars, but it's just a worship of God ongoing in heaven because we're stuck here for right now and uh, you know we we sometimes we appreciate great things that happen you know my my tax return was bigger than usual and woohoo you know and and uh, it, it was good for a moment until I realized hold on I paid them all of that I'm just it's my money I'm just getting it back you know but and, and that's what living on earth is like Anything good that we have came from God. He's the creator of all things. And, um, and so the best day that we have on earth is going to be eclipsed by the worst day in heaven. Our worst day in heaven is going to be so great that we're going to think, why did I actually try? You know, I... I stopped working out. I don't want to... Uh, no, I stopped working out because I'm lazy. But, uh, you know, I, I don't want to prolong my life here, you know, when I know what heaven's going to be like. I prolong my life here because my wife said, you better. And um, so... But it's going to be a sweet sound worshiping with all the other saints. I love it when we we sing. See, we don't have musicians up here, but we sing with the songs that we sing. It but it's the sweet sound of our voices being lifted up to the Lord. We're not singing to the band anyway. We're singing to the Lord. And the, the sweet sound of our voices being lifted uh, to heaven. He hears he takes delight, even in my voice. And I'm not a good singer. But we're all going to sing really good when we get to heaven. I'm looking forward to that. Not that I'm calling any of you out, but I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to that for me. All the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures all fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Now, here's what it's actually saying. The way the Greek is written here, it is saying all blessing, All glory, all wisdom, all thanksgiving, all honor, all power, and all might be to our God forever and ever. You see, it all came from him in the first place. We're just sending it back. We're just giving it back to him. He is the source of all of these things. And we're just remembering that in the praises that go up to him. 
Another question is asked by John here in verse 13. He says, then one of the elders, remember there were 24 elders around the throne, answered saying to me, who are these arrayed in white robes and where did they come from? And I said to him, sir, you know. And he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So in chapter 5, we saw that the church was there. Now we're seeing these that came out of the great tribulation. So is this important? Absolutely, and I'll tell you why. This is another evidence for a pre-tribulation rapture. Because the people coming out of the great tribulation are the saints that were living in the Great Tribulation. They became believers during the Great Tribulation. And now they were rescued out of the Great Tribulation. Remember the ones that we talked about in the previous chapter that were under the altar and they said, Lord, how how long before you avenge us? And they were separate from the church. They were separate from the rest of the believers because they didn't believe until the rapture took place, until tribulation began. Then they believed and they were martyred for what they believed or a lot of them died from starvation, sickness, whatever the case may be, just war, or they were martyred. And so remember what they were told, they were told, just stay there a little while longer, rest a little while longer until we get all the rest of those that are going to be dying. Uh, We're going to collect them all together. It was on uh, chapter 6, verse 11. Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were, would be killed as they were was completed. And so I believe that we're seeing now a snapshot of the end of the Great Tribulation because now they're all in front of the throne. So they rested until the number was completed. And so we're getting this glimpse. So this is where we recognize that the book of Revelation is not completely sequential. It talks about the topics. And here is the topic of those martyrs during the tribulation period and what happens to them during the tribulation period and how they're rescued out of the tribulation period. And here they're standing before the throne, blessing God, thanking God. The time must have been completed for them to be there because that's why they're there. I believe that this is directly connected to the 144,000 that are preaching the gospel. Remember, we're going to read about in the future, there were two witnesses also that were going to be bringing the good news. There was going to be an angel flying through the heavens that was also going to be preaching the gospel. So everyone was going to be able to get the good news. 
And so these are the ones that actually believed, that actually heard the message and believed, and they were martyred for what they believe. It's interesting when you consider the robes. They're white, but they were washed in blood. I cut myself, I get it on a white thing, and it's never, never going to be white again, right? But the blood of Jesus turns the robes white. But the word doesn't mean white as in the white shirts that some of you are wearing. Um, it's talking about a brilliance of light that is illuminating from these robes. It's more than just white. It's reflecting light. It's shining. And uh, it, what does it look like? I don't know. Never seen it before. So, um, you know, sometimes when we read about the angels that come to earth and there were, there were, they were shining and they were going. And I, I'm sure that that's what we'll be seeing at that time uh, on the Mount of Transfiguration when uh, Jesus was up there. The three were shining. All of them were shining. And, uh, and Peter wanted to uh, build some tents for them. And, uh, you know, that's, that's human understanding, you know. Oh, isn't this special? Let's build, let's build a tent, you know, to remember them by. We're going to build a memorial and stuff. I don't want the memorial here. The memorial's going to be in heaven when we're standing before the throne. That's going to be where I, I want to celebrate. In Isaiah 118, we read, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. There's going to be no spot. It's going to be just pure. The blood of animals can't do that. Donations made to churches can't do that. The works that we do on earth cannot produce this kind of righteousness, this kind of perfection. It's only because of the blood of the Lamb that we are made eligible to enter into eternity and spend our lives with the living God. Awesome, isn't it? We could be excited about this. Don't, don't listen to this and say, wow, that's going to be so cool for those people. You are those people. You're going to be in this crowd. Well, not this crowd around the throne because they're the ones that got uh, martyred. So you don't want to be part of that group. Okay, so how do you qualify yourself? It's only one way. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. And then you're qualified then you will be part of the crowd that John talks about that's going to be worshiping before the Lord and we're going to be ruling and reigning over cities. And so that's what 
the word of God says. We're going to, I don't know what that looks like, but I'm looking forward to it. I have a hard time just making my kids do what I ask them to do, you know, but you know, that's got to be the power of God then, right? So we're going to be able to do all of the things that the word of God says we're going to be able to do. Verse 15. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him night, uh, day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger any more nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. Folks, this is the tribulation that we're reading about here. That's what they endured during that time. Uh, They were hungry because of the famine that was going on. They were thirsty and the sun was seven times hotter. Um, You know, in temperature, I don't know how it was measured, but it's going to be a lot hotter. And and it says that it's not going to strike them and nor any heat. And I can't fathom, living in Arizona, I just can't fathom that. Okay, but... That's what they are going to have. They're going to have this peace uh, and, and they're going to have this protection. For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them. A lamb is going to be the shepherd. Usually it's the shepherd that's protecting the lamb. The lamb is going to be the shepherd and lead them to living fountains of water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This group of people, they're going to have a special place, just like they were under the altar. They're going to have a special place where they're going to be serving God, and God will be in the midst of them always. Now, when is this going to take place? Well, my opinion, it's going to happen during the millennial period. Jesus is going to establish his throne on earth. There's going to be a throne set up in Jerusalem. Jesus is going to be there. And uh, he's going to have kind of like the Levites who were the servants um, and who you know, performed all of the services for Israel. Kind of like that. They'll be there. And all of us saints are going to have other roles, other jobs, um, I don't know, you know, where, how, you know, I claim Hawaii. No, I don't want Hawaii. It's surrounded by water. And, and I was in the Navy. I don't want to be around water anymore. But, you know, whatever God puts me, it's going to be the perfect place for me. Wherever God puts you, it's going to be the perfect. You know, sometimes we try to establish perfection here on earth. We try to set up where we can go to have the perfect environment and stuff. And and I lived in San Diego 20 years, and some people would say, oh, man, that would be so great to live in San Diego. No, it wasn't great. There were people there. It was horrible. And, And there isn't a place where you can go and achieve perfection. There isn't a place on earth right now. There will be a place. God is preparing a place 
for us. Jesus said he's going to go and prepare a place for us. And if he's preparing a place for us, that means he's going to come and return and he's going to take us to be with him forever. John chapter 14, right? And if that's the truth then we should be ready for him to come and take us because he says, I'm going to take you to bring you to be with me and you're going to spend the rest of your lives with me. That's what we're looking forward to. That's another sign of the rapture that Jesus talked about. And so we have a lot to look forward to. We look at all of this and it means that all of this will happen because we're told that it's going to happen. But it also means there's going to be a great revival in the tribulation period. But there's a great revival going on right now. We may not witness it with our own eyes because we live in the United States. And and if there was a revival going on, it'll be kind of televised and stuff like that, and it'll be kind of hokey. But the revivals that are going on in the world right now are in Iran, Syria, China, Ukraine, Israel. There is a great revival going on. And people are coming to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the opportunity to also share the good news so that people can come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ now before the rapture so they won't have to experience what we were talking about today. That they won't be martyred and then be standing before the throne them. But instead, we're going to be sitting at the feast. The bride of Christ. That's going to be some celebration. And I'm looking forward to it. I pray that all of you are too. Amen. Lord, I live with a band